As the attorney representing Adrian's trust, I'm required to read a prepared statement. Cecilia, although our relationship was far from perfect, I thought that you would talk to me rather than run away. Are you okay? Open the door! What happened to him? He cut his wrists. Per his final wishes, you're getting $5 million. Contingent, of course, on the fine print. It can't be ruled to be mentally incompetent. It just doesn't make any sense. What? Adrian wouldn't kill himself. Listen, you're getting your freedom back, okay? Don't let him haunt you. Hello? Welcome to the Strange Harbors Podcast, a weekly discussion of all things film and television. My name is Jeff Zhang, and with me today we have... Amir Toure. And I am Derek Wong. This week we are going to be discussing the latest hit from director Lee Wanell, and that is The Invisible Man. I guess before we start diving into this movie, maybe we can talk a little bit about uh, what we know of the director himself, Lee Wanell, and, and his work. I, in this kind of research, am now realizing who he is. I guess he's a big proponent in, in a lot of the James Wan movies, right? Yeah, he's a very uh, close collaborator with James Wan. And the the one thing I did learn, and I had no idea, was he's in Saw, right? He's one of yeah, the main the... two actors. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, he's Adam in Saw. Yeah, yeah I did not know that. Yeah, that's not so. <laughs> yeah, I was like looking up his filmography and 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 looking it up. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I didn't realize he was also an actor. He hasn't actually directed that many films he, yeah he yeah directed three films right mm-hmm. he helped to kind of write a lot at some of the uh yeah he's a big screenwriter and producer yeah exactly uh the saw universe saw universe or <laughs> yeah insidious universe or whatever the james wan universe that they've created right yeah. yeah 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 that's pretty cool so uh the movies that he has directed he did insidious chapter three and most recently uh 2018's upgrade did you guys watch Upgrade? Right. i didn't I did. see upgrade yeah. Oh, you didn't see Upgrade. Okay. Oh, I didn't see okay. What did you think of Upgrade, Jeff? I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's super fun. It's, Action's really great in it. Yeah, it's very along the same vein as The Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. It's like lean, really cuts to the chase, and I think it really kind of showcases Lee Whannell's, like his own progression as a filmmaker and a director. I think it goes into like his more... I don't want to say like socially conscious, but like he has a message that he wants to say. Like with here, it's abuse with Invisible mm-hmm. Man, and then Upgrade, it's a commentary on like technology and things like that. So mm-hmm. really curious to see where this trajectory takes him because it's different from all the stuff that he's done before, mm-hmm. and and I like this direction. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's dive into this movie. What did you guys think of the Invisible Man? I really liked it. You know, I'm not really familiar with Wanell's work. I didn't see Insidious or Upgrade. So far, so good. One for one uh, for me. This one, this 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 <laughs> this uh, this hit, this whipped. Amir's just gonna stop. He's not gonna watch any more Lee One L movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I expected to like it. The previews looked good. I heard good buzz, and yeah, I enjoyed it. What do you guys think? I really enjoyed it as well. Um, I thought it was interesting how it came from the origins of the <laughs> dark universe. The wreckage of the dark universe, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like a phoenix rising from the ashes. An ignominious beginning. Yeah, of a dead cinematic universe. But I'm glad they decided to stick to their guns and 
make this just a standalone killer movie you know mm-hmm. it was it was great i loved the commentary on abuse and gaslighting yeah we'll get into that soon yeah we'll get into that elizabeth moss is just tremendous in this movie Mm -hmm. i feel like it's really early and it's also horror so she's probably not going to get any awards recognition but i feel like she should this is uh lupita all over again right yeah she carried this movie on her back oh yeah the the whole movie is her yeah it's it's her yeah yeah and the director does something very specific where you know he's the invisible man where you don't see him but he's also very not vocal he doesn't have many lines in the movie so like it really is just the movie is on her and her performance i mentioned this in my review but it's really interesting what they did to change it from like the source material Mm -hmm. which is like you know the hg wells original story and then the old school universal monster movie the invisible man because they shift the focus from the invisible man himself being the main character to mm-hmm. Cecilia, who's yeah. played by Elizabeth Moss. And it's really interesting that they do that because it strips away like any kind of sympathy that you have for Griffin. Mm-hmm. The name is the same across all three iterations of the property. And they also do like a technological bent with his powers it's not like a potion or serum that he takes that affects his brain chemistry and like it doesn't turn him into like an egomaniac or like a murderer or anything he's always like that yeah like he was born an abuser i mean not born an abuser but like he was an abuser before he put on the suit before he ever put on the suit Mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely i thought that was interesting uh what i thought of the movie is i had a lot of fun watching the movie. I think I totally agree with Jeff. Elizabeth Moss really makes this movie. It's an amazing performance from her. Uh, my only thing that I, I think maybe I would knock it down a peg maybe is the movie is a little pedestrian, a little formulaic. I don't know if that's the right word. I think plot wise. And I don't quite like the ending. If I'm going to be completely Oh, honest. you don't like the ending. Not that I don't like what happens at the end. It might just be the execution of it all. Yeah, I agree with you that it was a little bit hokey at times. Mm -hmm. And that it hit some really familiar plot beats. But I thought the ending really brought it back for me as well. Because I think the further along the movie got, the further away it got from like the metaphor with like abuse and the commentary that he wanted to make with that. And it turned more into like the monster movie, right? But I thought the ending really brought it back for me. Yeah, okay. I, I had a good time with it. We should start from the beginning, right? The yeah, opening exactly. Scene. That, Absolutely. That opening scene is killer. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it's incredibly so, tense. Incredibly, incredibly. Yeah. And without saying anything, like Adrian's not even really in the scene. He's asleep the whole time. He's been drugged by cecilia right she she gave him her diazepam to knock him out but like you know exactly what kind of person he is just from this opening scene and he's asleep the whole time just by like how nervous and anxious she is to get out of there how like prepared she is to like go through i'm assuming it's his house because there's no sign of oh yeah no it's his house. her in the house yeah oh no, so it's his house. she's like going through the hallways turning the security cameras, putting, like, the footage of him on her phone so she can keep tabs on him. And then she's got, like, the go bag hidden away in the vent. You know exactly what kind of piece of shit this guy is, right? Yeah. It had one of the best jump scares, too. Like, 
she gets into the car with her sister, and then he comes out of nowhere and puts a fucking fist through the window. It's crazy. Yeah. Really effective opening, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that whole sequence is amazing. The house is really scary, too. It's like this really, like, maze-like, open, sterile... Uh, environment. Yeah. It's all open and like you feel like he could be seeing you or watching you from anywhere in the house. And like anytime she's running through the house, which she does a fair bit in this movie, um, you're like, oh my god, why can't she get out yet? It's so, this house is so big. Holy shit. Like, why isn't yeah. she out yet? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really scary. And I like the setup of the, the cameras, right? Like, you know, she uses the beginning really cleverly to kind of keep an eye on Adrian. But then uh-huh. the cameras themselves also come back, right? Right at the end of the movie. So, like, I love, like, there are small things that Lee Wan L just sets up at the beginning of the movie that also get paid off n- near the end. And I think that's uh-huh. really tight script writing for him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. My only gripe is maybe the dog. I don't know how you guys felt about that. The fact that, do we need the moment where, you know, she has to, like, let the dog go and, and then it causes the alarm to go off? And I guess that's how he gets waking up. But I was in that moment. I was like, I understand, you know, she's scared, right? And that this is a person to be scared of. But then I think, you know, he has to be woken up so that he can later, you know, chase her down to, to you know, have that really great scene where he busts through the car, right? I didn't really mind it that much. Yeah, I didn't you know, mind it so much. Yeah. You're always going to have one of those, oh, oops, I made a loud noise moments and things <laughs> yes. like that. So, like, they're always going to be in a movie like this. So, yeah, I didn't really mind it too okay. much. I thought the dog was going to play a more critical role here. I don't know if that's just a uh Yeah, that's true too. I thought so too. Yeah, you know, because I because I th- I thought th- I thought the whole point was that there's a, is that oh, she like also sets the dog free because if this is a guy who abuses women, maybe he's an animal abuser too. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just that messed up person, you know, and so I thought maybe her freeing the dog would come back around in the end or something. And it it, it never really did. That's one Oh, well, it kind of does, right? I mean, you can kind of argue that yeah. the dog kind of defends her later in the movie, right? Or a little it's bit, the yeah. reason why she can kind of get away later in the movie. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that kind of pays off. So what what did you guys think as the story moved on? Like, did you guys think it was pretty well paced? I thought it was pretty well paced where it, you kind of incrementally saw, saw, I put saw in, in quotes because you don't really see him, but like kind of start experiencing the threat that is the invisible man, right? Adrian, as we move on, yeah. right? It, at first, it's like, you know, he's there because, you know, that's what this movie is. You've bought your ticket for this movie. You know what you're getting yourself into. So I think Lee wan does a really great thing at the beginning of the movie to have these empty spaces that make you question if he's there or not, right? And he never actually gives you the answer, which I think was really, really clever. Yeah, they're so good at, like, the sound design in this movie is incredible, too. Yeah. Like, it really uses, like, the negative space in both, like, the visual and the audio. So, like, empty spaces, silences, they're all, like, huge sources of, like, paranoia. And, like, the escalation of the scares is, like, really good, too. Mm -hmm. There were two moments that really stood out to me. Okay, first of all, I really like the chemistry between uh, Elizabeth Moss's character, Cecilia, and James and his kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was really they, good seem like, yeah. they seem like normal people, right? Yeah, and, they seem like, like normal people. I bought their relationship. Yeah. At first, I thought he was the sister's husband. Like, he was a brother-in-law, but yeah. that's not the case. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's um, just a friend. It was a little confusing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're all friends, I guess. Yeah, but the two scares that... I thought were really well done is the first one in the kitchen where she's turning on the stove. Yeah. And then the knife, she's got a knife on the counter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so subtle. I don't think like 
a lot of people noticed it, but like she nudges the knife and it falls. You're like expecting a a clatter on the floor, like a noise, but there's no noise because Adrian's already there and he catches it. Did you realize that? No, that's insane. Does she knock it off? Or I thought he picks it up. No, she. I think she knocks it over, and then you're expecting it to make a noise, but he catches it, so it doesn't make a noise. It was really subtle, yeah. And then the other scene was right after Cecilia gives Sydney the ladder for her thing, for her tuition, mm-hmm. and the camera changes the perspective, and it's like this super far away shot of the three of them, of Cecilia, James, and Sydney, mm-hmm. And you're like, this is such a weird angle. Why are they shooting mm. it so far away? But they're like, oh, shit. This is Adrian's him perspective. Yeah. He's, he's here. He's already in the house. Yeah. It's it's like when that dawns on you, it's like, oh, shit. That's crazy. Really well done, mm-hmm. I thought. There's a lot of really cool uses of negative space in the movie. Although I will yeah. say, like, like one shot I loved is just the shot of of the house and the open door when she's kind of girding her loins and building up her car to start leaving the house mm-hmm. and like yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's not there yet no, but he isn't, no. it, there's just this big shot of the house and the open door and you're like oh this is creepy yeah and i will say though though the, the thing with the negative space in the sound is that um uh, because the silences were so were used sometimes i did feel like the sound cues for the horror were a little on the nose oh it's like a Big blast of strength, yeah. and jump scare, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a yeah. little, a little nose, but overall, really great uses of the negative space. Really, like that whole scene with the burning of the food. No one's even in that shot, right? It's just you just see the fire start, and she rushes back down. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. All those little creepy things, like uh, you know, his breath in the cold air next to her. There's just so many really interesting creepy shots in this a bunch of the really cool shots were kind of spoiled in the trailer i know Jared, yeah. you have a thing against trailers but the breath in the air that was kind of spoiled for me but there's there were a ton of moments that weren't in the trailers which yeah which i noticed I, too there were some there's some moments that yeah i was expecting to be in the movie but weren't and i was yeah. a little surprised that they weren't one scene that i really really liked that isn't necessarily like a scary scene but I, I think it really displays kind of Elizabeth Moss's like acting ability is the scene where she's just sitting there. Right. And she's talking to that doorway. Right. Yeah. You don't know if he's actually there, but you believe. Right. Right. You believe that she believes that Adrian's right there and she's like talking to him with all this conviction. And you're just like, you're waiting for something to happen. And uh-huh. ultimately no, nothing really does. But I thought the framing of that, that scene was great where she was kind of like laying out the, the coffee. like Yeah, smart move on her. Yeah, yeah was, and that, that, cool. that doesn't really pay off, but you know exactly what she's doing. Right. You don't need it to pay off with him actually walking through the coffee. You know exactly what she's doing. And then she just sits down and like talks to him, which I thought was a really great scene. Yeah, that was really good. What did you guys think of how it portrayed like an abusive relationship and like the concept of gaslighting? Because I, I want to talk about gaslighting a little bit because... There's a lot of, I feel like the term gaslighting has entered the lexicon of today's society or whatever, but like people misuse it and Mm -hmm. overuse it all the time. I think a lot of people just think like, oh, when someone lies to you or they're like manipulating you some way, then that's gaslighting. But that's not what gaslighting is, right? Like this movie is the perfect example of gaslighting. It's altering someone's reality to make them think that they're crazy. Mm -hmm. And I thought that it was a really effective 
portrayal of that kind of relationship. Um, what did what did you guys think? I think that's the ultimate gaslighting is faking your own death so you can continue to abuse your girlfriend. Like that's probably yeah, like top tier 11 out of 10 gaslighting right there yeah that's uh really impressive yeah so um yeah I, th- I think the movie does gaslighting and abuse really well and sometimes it's sometimes it's a bit on the nose it's not necessarily super subtle or original but it's really well executed and the metaphor is so powerful and so perfect that i don't think it matters like i think that not the gaslighting, but just going on to the straight abuse thing. The scene that stood out for me is where she's fighting Adrian in the house, and he's invisible. After he gets splashed with the paint, he goes downstairs, and he cleans himself off, and he's invisible again. And they're fighting in the house, and he tosses her across the room, and he's beating her, and she grabs like a stuff from the cupboard, she's hitting him with it. And it just dawned on me, like, yeah, okay, here's this woman... She's alone in a house with a man. She's being abused. And because he's invisible, no one would ever believe it or buy it. Right. And like, that's like the perfect metaphor for someone who's being domestically abused and feels like they can't rely on anyone in the outside world because they wouldn't be believed. Right. Yeah. It's just a perfect on the nose, like visual metaphor for that. So I thought that that was really, really powerful. And I I found it really effective. The, the links he took to really seclude her or segregate her from her friends and family. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like, he was like, you know, it's her sister, yeah. and then it's her friend who is housing her, and then yeah, it, it's it's a really effective you know movie in that in that regard. Yeah, I mean that, that that's textbook abuser stuff, right? Like cut you off from yeah. friends and family, limit your you know where, where you can live, and you know, uh, and cut you off from your support. And I thought it was super effective, like how devastating it would be to cut you off from your sibling or cut you off from a friend, someone who. You, love and who you have a close relationship with i mean she's paying for this young girl's college education and uh how quickly that if you were invisible you could you could turn that on somebody right uh, yeah, yeah. i mean you know if someone hit your kid in the face you know you're not gonna let them stay in your house anymore right and uh i thought that was such an effective way to drive a wedge between these people who should be all on the same side yeah, I I agree completely. Yeah. And that email, that fake email he sent, yeah, it was brutal, sister, yeah. nasty, nasty email. It's like I wish that you died or whatever. Was like, Instead of Adrian, yeah, I know that was crazy. You're suffocating me. I don't want you in my life. I don't have the courage to do this in person. Blah blah blah. blah. And of course, no one's going to believe yeah. that she didn't write that. So yeah, it was just really effective portrayal of like uh, I don't know the yeah. tactics of abusive relationships. And like some real scuzzy things that he does, like like he takes the stuff out of her portfolio. interview portfolio, and then she goes to the interview for her new job, and like the the stuff isn't in there. And all right, wait, hold on, I want to talk about this real quick. Uh, okay, because I'm in the architecture field. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. So there are some actually really detailed touches that I think Lee Wanell, like I'm, I appreciate some of the research he's probably done, or someone on his team did, right? Okay, so is it accurate for an architecture? I'll talk a little bit about that. That's what I was, I was going to bring up, just because I think this is kind of fun, because I actually know know this stuff. So she wears a sweater, right, throughout the whole movie, and it says San Luis Obispo Architecture. So, like, that's great. Like, I didn't go to that school, but that's, like, a really famous school in, like, California. So, like, it's it's not your typical, like, Berkeley or, like, just Stanford, right? That's an actual, like, reputable architecture school, which I thought was really interesting. Uh-huh. And then I actually really love the way he displays the actual office, 
because that's exactly what an architecture office looks like. It just looks like a regular office with computers, right? Nowadays, you know, people aren't really like printing out big sets of drawings. Like, you know, whenever you watch a TV show or a movie, just have everyone has like large drafting tables with like drawings on mm. them. That's not really what architecture firms really look like nowadays because everything has gone pretty digital. Right, right. So my one critique then is her actual portfolio because all of it was hand-drawn. Like, no, People don't really do no that one anymore. does yeah. that anymore. Right. Yeah, it be like most of my stuff, you know, and I would say like in the movie, we're probably around the same age. She's probably in like no later than what, 40, if anything. Right. Yeah. Around the same age. Probably in her early thirties, thirties or forties. Right. So like, yeah, everything, all of her work would be digital. And so it's kind of weird that her whole portfolio was hand drawn. But other than that, I think all the other details were really, really, really great. That's like the sign of like, a well-made film right it's like such a niche kind of audience mm-hmm. and then they recognize the little details and the effort that you put in to making it accurate right and mm-hmm. i think people just really appreciate that i feel like you really appreciate something like that yeah i did i did yeah and there's a lot of small details in this movie that like you brought up the knife right and i was like what happens to the knife and then we see it later in the attic but mm. then realize why he took that knife later, right? Do we want to get into the the big scene? Biggest shock of the entire yeah, movie. the big moment that I I love this moment. I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if anyone's watched the trailers, it's the scene where her sister and her are basically sitting at the restaurant, and she says like, "Oh, I I went to his house. I found the evidence to prove that he's mm-hmm. you know gone invisible or whatever," and then. There's a moment where you see over her sister's shoulder, uh, it's looking right at Elizabeth Moss, and there's just the knife there, just floating right around her shoulders. And then it just comes across and like cuts her sister's throat, and she's just dead right there in the restaurant. And then the knife floats right into Elizabeth Moss' hands. And from anyone who's seen it from the outside, it looks like Elizabeth Moss just killed her sister. Yeah, it's insane. So I was so invested in the dialogue that they were having because she was finally like bringing her around, bringing her around to her side again. Right. She was like, you know, it's like, I need you to like be with me. It's like when your strength is with me, I feel so good. Or like, that's the gist of it. But like when, when you're against me, I feel so like intimidated and scared or whatever. And I thought that speech was just so good. And she was finally bringing her around. And then Adrian just cuts that like from right under her. It's an insane scene. My theater went nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw it in like a packed theater. I don't know about you guys. But no, it was pretty empty when I saw it. Pretty empty, yeah. I went to a matinee though, so. Yeah, mine wasn't empty, but it wasn't packed. But yeah, that was like, whoa. What that an insane definitely. surprise, yeah. Crazy shock. Yeah, that was one thing I wasn't expecting. Yeah, not at all. But then it shows you what like a, an invisible person could do, right? They can get away with murder. They can write emails, like nasty emails to anyone. Like they can like hack people's computers. Yeah. It's just nerve wracking to think like what this person could have done if he was still alive, you know, at the end of the movie. Also, Adrian's brother kind of took me for a ride through this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Because at first you're like, oh, this guy's such a fucking sleazebag. He's definitely in on this shit but then he's like oh well he abused me too and like i'm just glad he's gone or whatever and i actually bought it me too me too yeah i bought it and then when cecilia she's in the hospital he comes in and is like 
giving his whole spiel and is like, oh, you're you're still just a scumbag or whatever. And then, like, he finally reveals that he's actually in on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a rug pull. It's kind of a roller coaster there. And then there's the reveal that he was actually in the suit, at least for some of it. Right, right. Yeah, it has to be that last sequence, right? Because there's no time for him to switch the suit with Adrian, and then Adrian goes to tie himself up in his house thing, right? So, like, that last part where he, you know, where they assaulted the cops and everything, that had to have been Tom, right? It's not very clear. I'm not sure, actually. Yeah. I don't think it needs to be clarified. Yeah, I think it's most likely Tom. The one thing that was a little unclear to me was the part where she goes back to the house and then she finds the second suit, right? And then I wasn't too sure when Adrian kind of enters the scene. Like, does he not see her, like, walk into the closet with that suit? Like, I wasn't sure about that. I don't think he saw her go in there. I think he's just looking around because he has a suspicion that she's here and he goes and I guess he sees the suit's not there in the basement. I'm assuming that's what happens. Yeah. That that was like the one thing that was unclear because, you know, she goes into the closet and then it pans over to this empty space. Like, oh, that means Adrian's there. But then it leads to the later where he doesn't know that the suit's missing or he doesn't find where she hid the suit. Right. So yeah, that, that's where the payoff comes off later. But then like for me, it was really unclear of like if he was there or not and if he was actually seeing her walk into the closet with that suit and... Well, I actually thought it was smart of her because a lot of people are saying, like, it's a plot hole. Like, why would she go back to the house and find the invisibility suit and not just take it with her? Because that's your evidence. Mm-hmm. But, like, she doesn't know where Adrian is. If if he's invisible and he's following her, like, if she grabs the suit and then he takes it from her, then it's over. Then you have no proof, Right. Even though there's a disappearing cell phone from the attic that I don't know what happened to. Yeah, that's that's the other check I've gone that didn't fire is what the hell happened to the cell phone with the evidence. I thought that was going to be another big thing and that never went anywhere either. Yeah, because that's evidence, right? Because it's pictures of uh, Cecilia and Sydney sleeping in bed. Who else is going to take that picture, right? Yeah. And then you have a text on it that says surprise. So that's like pretty threatening too so like what happened to that cell phone like even if you have just like a throwaway scene where she drops it down a drain or something you know like i could it's it's a little easier to like buy you know but i don't know what happened to that phone i guess she left it up in the attic along with the knife because adrian does eventually get the knife back right so like presumably she left everything up there when she ran down the stairs uh, or dro- dropped down from the attic. So I guess that's what happened. But I want to go back to Tom for just uh, like a quick second. Like I thought that was an interesting, like you said, journey you took us on. And I think at first it was like, okay, so he's like, you know, it's the, I guess it's, I guess, you know, I don't know if Adrian is the patriarchy. Uh, Tom is, you know, an unsuccessful patriarch. And I guess there's a number of different like ways you can react to being oppressed by either just a random generic sociopath or being oppressed by like a hegemonic vision of masculinity. You can either just be victimized by it, which is what we thought Tom was, and be a kind of a character of sympathy, or you could uh, think that uh, someone is sort of an accessory to it, which is what we thought he was at first. Okay, he's just sort of the scummy guy. Or you could be what uh, Cecilia calls him, which is like a jellyfish version of Adrian, just Adrian without the spine. He just wants to be what Adrian is and just can't do it. But he's no better than Adrian uh, morally. He's not just merely an accessory He's not just yeah. standing by and letting Adrian be a bad person. He's actively helping him do his do his evil. I thought Tom was sort of interesting. Yeah, it's interesting how he slots into like so many different 
roles. Plausible roles. Showing yeah. His, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting and neat. Also, I guess, like, because Adrian's, like, an optics genius and he's, like, a mogul and he's super rich. But, like, how did he fake his death? Right? How do yeah. they get... You would need, like, a death certificate. I mean, I guess you could bribe someone. I guess money is always the answer in cases like this, right? <laughs> well, at this point, it's pegged on the, the brother, right? He would have to have, like, he would be like, oh, the brother somehow faked images of me and or faked, you know, like, I don't know how he would have faked it, but yeah, 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 yeah now it's all pinned on the brother. That <laughs> that was one thing I, I was questioning, too. Like, this guy's a mogul, and he just came back to life, and there's not any paparazzi or someone, reporters around his house. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's like at least semi-famous, right? Yeah, because of uh... yeah, that was kind of interesting to me. Uh, going back to the paint, I, at first I was like, "Is that really paint?" Because that that came off a little too easily. Yeah, <laughs> it like wicked off like water. <laughs> but I was like, "Whatever, yeah. it's fine, it's fine." <laughs> yeah, I, I was a little surprised by that too. A little, a little bit of suspension of disbelief yeah. there. Did you guys notice that little Easter egg right at the beginning of the movie? When she's like walking through his lab. No. So if you notice, she does that little like pass by and she sees the little chamber, right? Mm -hmm. Um, With nothing in it. But if you actually look at desks that Adrian's is working on, you see an arm with a sleeve of that that material. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's almost like a nod like, oh, it's not what you think. It's, uh, I guess, a suit rather than something biological. Right, right. So I want to ask, what do you guys think of that change? That it's a suit and it's not biological? Yeah, that it's not some kind of serum that he's drinking. I mentioned before that I liked it because it puts the onus of the abuse strictly on Adrian and not some kind of biological serum that's changing his brain chemistry to become an asshole, which we've seen in so many different iterations of this character before. Like even with Kevin Bacon's hollow man right which this is just like an infinitely better version of i don't think the movie's aged quite as well (laughs) the worst thing he does in that movie is probably like you can't do that nowadays but i I totally agree that movie hasn't aged as well even though i remember watching it when i was younger and i was like this movie's awesome (laughs) like yeah i remember having a good time with that yeah but yeah if you look back at it i mean it hasn't aged well i I do remember that josh brolin's in it that's one of the first I mean, I guess besides the Goonies. Oh, yeah, that's right. Besides the Goonies, that's one of the first instances of Josh Brolin, I remember. But yeah, but the the thing is, I I agree with you. I like that this movie doesn't focus on Adrian, doesn't focus on the Invisible Man, that it really is a story about, you know, gaslighting, about abuse, about, you know, believing the victim, right? But then you lose what I think is sometimes the most interesting about the Invisible Man is that sense of guilt. Or like the like the tragic hero, where um, or someone right? that that struggles with like the fact, you know, uh, morally, should I be doing this? Right? Should I be doing the things that I'm I'm doing because no one could see me doing it? Right? I mean, in Hollow Man, he fights it at first. Right? He doesn't want to be invisible anymore, and he doesn't know if he should be doing it. But then eventually, you know, he, he full tilts into villain, and you know, basically wants to kill everyone, so no one knows that he's invisible. Yeah, like this movie. I don't mind that. Yeah, I don't mind that as much because I think what they did to change it to Elizabeth Moss story. uh, uh, Yeah, Yeah. Cecilia's story. Um, and plus we've seen that story before. Before, yeah, so many Mm -hmm. times. So like, I didn't mind not giving uh Adrian the depth of character that 
this character archetype usually has, right? Um, I didn't mind it as much. But what did you guys think of the suit? The yeah, suit is cool, so, huh? Yeah, the it suit looks is cool. very cool. I love the design of the suit. It looks super cool. All the little the little eyes blinking. Yeah, really triggered my like tryptophobia. I'm not a fan of <laughs> the little like dots. That. I don't like all the holes. <laughs> the holes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I like the change because it makes the story more modern and it makes Adrian a very almost like stock modern villain of like, I don't know, sociopathic white tech bro. Like he's a very uh, yeah. it, it just slots him right into the into that. Which is maybe a little lazy, but it is what it is. I mean, you you, can, you yeah. only have so much runtime in a movie, so. Um, but it does update the story sufficiently. I like what you said. It, it makes it so that it's not you know a serum that changed him into evil. He was just always this guy. Um, yeah. And so I think that can tie together, like, hey, like our fear of surveillance and our fear of what is Silicon Valley doing to us, and put all that together with his character, um, and, and it, makes, it makes for a nice modern update. So I, I do like the change. Yeah. How does it work? Dude, who the fuck knows? We talked. We talked a little bit. It's about magic. This <laughs> it's it's magic. Who uh, knows? It's magic, right? It's, it's magic, magic. Yeah. It's magic. Because yeah. my my thing is that it's a bunch of little cameras, right? So it's it's capturing whatever it's around it and then displaying it on itself, right? Because it's also yeah, little yeah. screens. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. It's that's a camera how, slash it projector, projector right. or screen or yeah. something, right? Yeah. That's how. But then, works. like, I mean, I had to suspend my disbelief a little bit because, like, wouldn't this thing make a lot of noise? Yeah, because doesn't, of course. Yeah, I mean, like, like would yeah. have to make a. I, I would think like it'd make a lot of noise. And then I right. read another article where it's like, well, wouldn't this thing be really hot? Because that's it's exactly running, what I was thinking. Yeah, it's, it's running gonna, like yeah. some kind of like processor to. to and, and that's how it would be. It would be very easy to see this guy, right? Just put on for glasses. Like he still has mass. He makes noise. He breathes. He like has body heat. Like he's he's not like yeah. undetectable in any way, shape, or form, right? Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's it, invisibility's. A bit of a it's it's real in the world, but it's also a bit of a metaphor, right? Yeah. For what you can yeah. do with uh, with unlimited power and no accountability, right? He's not you know undetectable. She can tell he's in the room by you know other yeah. things, and and yeah, the suit's not realistic. It's just a it's just a nice way to update the villain to you know twenty twenty tech bro. Um, yeah. you know yeah. it's, it's 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 not meant to stand to scientific. It's not meant to stand up scientific scrutiny. Um, although it, it's probably roughly what people who are working on that kind of technology would want an invisibility suit to work like that that dual projector um, mm-hmm. like receiver thing. Um, yeah, so I mean it's a plausible idea, I guess. Uh, we just don't have the technology to do. Yeah, um, I mean we're not there yet, but I, it's not like far beyond what I can believe could be something that someone develops so one day yeah yeah, yeah. let's hope not one day <laughs> yeah, let's, no, let's hope not yeah yeah um, yeah um so like the movie kind of leans into like the action sci-fi horror a little bit too much mm-hmm. in the end but yeah that it gets a little goofy pretty great yeah that always is pretty great yeah that always seems um, great the only thing is it gets a little goofy like I understand he's invisible, but it is one guy. I mean, the cool thing about it was was her stabbing him with uh, the pen and the suit yeah, malf- malfunctioning. Yeah. So he's like flickering in and out of visibility. Yeah. It's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah. And like, that's really great way to get his attention and take back control, right? Yeah. Because like, she's pregnant um, with his child, which um, is one of the big reveals or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, she can't get him to, like, reveal himself. Like, she actually, like, goes through with, like, the act of slitting her own wrists with that fountain pen, right? Mm-hmm. And then 
he grabs her to stop her, and that's when um, she stabs him and and malfunctions the suit, right? Um, so I thought that was I thought that was a great moment. Yeah, uh, a bunch of callbacks to upgrade because like a bunch of those action beats have that I would say I would call it like upgrade cam, where it's like following the person's the trajectory of the person's body, the camera. Um, yeah, first it's, you see it, it stays centered on him, right? So like, yeah, first it, like, you see it during uh, Elizabeth Moss's uh, her character's interview at the architecture company when she faints. It like follows her when she falls or whatever. Down the ground, yeah. Um, and the guy she's interviewing with, he's the main villain in Upgrade. Which yeah, oh really? That's cool. Yeah, yeah, and he's also kind of scuzzy in this movie too. He is. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering oh, if you guys okay. noticed that. Let's talk yeah. about that. That was so fucking that weird. Was I was like, weird. wait, is this supposed to be a professional interview? Because that's wildly unprofessional what you just said. Yeah, because yeah. he was like, oh, is this where all the pretty women come from or whatever? I was like, wow, what is Yeah, what the fuck? Back? Like, you can't say that shit <laughs> in an interview to someone you're, like, potentially, potentially hiring. hiring? <laughs> and then he just, like, moves on to, like, oh, can I see your portfolio? Like, wait, what, dude? <laughs> I've read kind of think pieces on that that particular scene a little bit, and... You know, like some people think it's it just kind of amplifies this this world that we live in or the world that she lives in that she thinks that men are like that there are no good men. Right. That like, you know, she 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 thinks she's like left this situation with this horrible man. But then now she's at this architecture firm thinking that she's you know hopefully going to get a job. And then that if anything, if she gets hired, it's because of her looks, not her abilities, which is like this terrible thing to think about. I'm going a slightly different direction. I mean, I think it's more like this level of sexism is sort of like a background radiation that women have to tolerate. And so, like, I don't think she would be like, oh, I was hired for my looks. I think it would be like more like, I know I'm good, but I have to put up with this kind of shit in order to get a job I'm qualified for. And, like, why is this guy who otherwise seems like a relatively normal dude just, like, ruin the entire tone of this interview by doing that and yeah. she's like oh well actually that should happen on the time and we just don't make a big deal about it like that's an, that's another yeah. in, that's another invisible thing right like yeah. he's not the invisible yeah. man but he's you know I don't know he's got an invisible pinky finger or something right <laughs> there's a little bit of that evil <laughs> there's, there's a little bit of that evil in him as well um, and I guess yeah. maybe I guess maybe in all of us I don't know I feel like that's something that could happen in real that's definitely something like oh yeah that. absolutely oh yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, 100% oh, yeah. it's not unrealistic at no, all no it's incredibly like realistic men, do and say shit like that all the time, and then no, it's incredibly it realistic, but it's just shocking because yeah, you know, it doesn't usually happen in front of you if you're a guy because it's not happening to you, right? Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it, it's kind of it, it. Now that you you say it like that, Jeff, there's this kind of juxtaposition of we're watching this movie with this kind of fantastical kind of element to it that seems a little unreal, but. That just little jab in the middle of the interview, it's just, it's very real, right? Yeah, it grounds it. Yeah, yeah, it really grounds it. You can definitely imagine this happening to someone in an interview. And it's just so inappropriate. That was one of the things that had me, you know, step back for a second. Okay, I'm glad you guys were shocked by it as I was. And like, I I was just like, that was really weirdly uncomfortable. And like, the movie doesn't make a big deal about it. So it's just like, so it's just like, wait, what the fuck was that? Like, what? Yeah. And, and, and I'm glad that everyone else was as freaked out about that as I was because I was like, holy shit. Yeah, it kind of puts you in her shoes because she just kind of has to swallow it and yeah. move on and then we yeah. kind of do too, right? Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah. it's an interesting technique, I think, they, yeah. they do. Um, I do want to get a little bit into the ending of this movie. 
okay. the one thing I, I did like about the ending, like I, I brought up earlier, was the, the bringing back the camera, right? And then she, she like kind of utilizes it to her advantage, right? Where, you know, she's acting in front of that camera, knows exactly where to step so that, you know, she can't be seen by the camera. And then what's being captured by the camera is what it looks like is just Adrian slitting his own throat, right? Right. I guess what I didn't quite enjoy from it is this kind of eye for an eye mentality. I struggle with that where like, I wish Adrian was beat in some other way rather than having to have to kill him. Right. And I think I brought this up earlier was just like, did Adrian know that the suit was there? And then how did he not know it was not there? You know what I mean? Like, how did he not like scour his, his mansion to look for this missing suit, but maybe he doesn't even know yeah. the suit's missing. I don't know. Um, yeah. I, th- I thought it was just, it was set up, but for me, it wasn't set up entirely tight as some of the other things in the movie yeah that's fair um but i didn't really think the eye for an eye revenge thing really bothered me um i was all in for cecilia fucking killing that guy <laughs> fuck that guy yeah, like, fuck that guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he, he killed her sister and, like, it was, you know, that's it was true satisfying the, to see and him put the blame yeah. on on his own brother and yeah it's very satisfying yeah um and it's very it's very like lifetime movie woman finally gets back at her abuser. It's very vigilante movie. You have to take the launch your own hands because, you know, uh, the system's failed you. Um, and that was actually the thing that bothered me a little bit with like James going along with this whole thing. And like, yeah. he's like, he's like a cop, right? So like, can you help your friend to try to like record a confession? Like, is he in there in his capacity as a cop, as a friend? And then like he comes in, he, he basically knows that she just committed a murder. And he's just like, well, right. all right, whatever. No big deal. Fuck that guy. Mm, <laughs> Did you guys find it a little weird? Like the staging in that very last shot almost where she's walking away. Yeah, it's it like he's walking back into the house, which was like really weird to me. I'm like, you shouldn't be there. No, I didn't either. really notice that. It's a I was like, you really shot. Shouldn't, yeah, you really shouldn't be there either. And like, you guys should leave together. Like, you shouldn't be there either. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was really weird to me. But I, that's nitpicky, and I'm it's not like, holding against the movie. Weird final shot. Um, but yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, there was this kind of, oh, he's just gonna go along with it. But then I guess the scene right before, he's the one who says, you know, we gotta let the law. This is how the law is gonna see it. And he just seems like a guy by the law, but then he kind of foregoes that at the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he did also get his shit ruined by this guy in his own house. That was incredibly right? brutal. That was a what a brutal fight. That was a brutal fight. I definitely thought he was dead. Yeah. Was, oh yeah. Um, that was ridiculous. Oh my god. That was crazy. That was a crazy fight. He's just like getting thrashed. Yeah, that was nuts. A brutal beating. Oh. Um, I just want to say one more thing with like the gaslighting, like. Even though Cecilia and, like, James, they thought they won. But then, like, Tom uh, took the fall for all the things that mm-hmm. Adrian did. Even then, James is like, oh, just take the win, you know? Right, like, he, yeah. yeah. He yeah. did He did these things, and but, like, it's still another piece of the gaslighting, yeah, right? Yeah, n- another Cecilia's layer. Like, yeah. Cecilia's like, no, you don't understand. This is what he does. He makes you think... Um, You're crazy. Exactly yeah. what he wants you to think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and part of me, like was wondering about that too because like you know you think of uh uh with crimes opportunity means and motive right and so like what was tom's motive to do all this shit yeah you know what i mean adrian has a perfect motive tom doesn't and i guess tom's body's in the suit so you just have to take it but it's just like i feel like 
I don't know, I'd be a little more suspicious that maybe Adrian went behind it because he has all the motivation of as a jealous, abusive ex to do this shit, whereas Tom's just like some dude. He has no personal connection to Cecilia. Like, why is Tom so randomly obsessed with his uh, brother's girlfriend that he would do all this stuff? Right. Yeah. The motive just isn't there. It just right? isn't it's there. I mean, it doesn't make palpable. any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's not even like for you know, crime sake or, you know, please trying to solve this crime. Like even as an audience member, I was very confused on what is Tom's motive. Right. Like, cause you said it, Jeff, like he has the great scene where he says like, I was tortured by him too. And like, I'm happy that he's dead. And I believe that like you, I believe that, but then you never understand why he's actually doing this. Is it, is it just like brotherly love? Right. Is it, is he also sadistic and has just always been there for Adrian? Like I, 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 I don't know. It's, I think it's partially that latter yeah. one, and I think it's also weakness. I think Cecilia calls him out and is just like, yeah, you're a jellyfish. You're a weak person. You don't have a spine. You can't stand up to this guy. Even yeah. though he abused you, and even though he does evil things yeah. and forces you to be an accessory, you don't have the ability to resist him, and you're just a worse version. You're just the same as him, only only weaker. Um, don't so take it out on her. Take it out on Adrian. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, well, he, well, he should, and that's why he's contemptible, is because he's too weak to yeah. do that, right? He's too weak. He's too weak to stand up. And, and you know, Tom is the guy who, like, um, if there's locker room talk going on and he's uncomfortable with it, he just kind of goes along with it. You know what I mean? If someone, if, yeah. if he's the guy uh, in the gang who, like, doesn't participate but doesn't stop it. You know what I mean? Like, right. he, he's, uh, he, he's too weak to be a better person than he is. Um, right. So um, it becomes an accessory to evil by default. Also, if you want to think about it this way, like, how long has Cecilia been with Adrian? Couple, couple of years, years, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. How long has Tom been with Adrian his entire life? Who knows what kind of number that Adrian's done on him? You yeah. Know? yeah. If he's actually that kind of abusive and manipulative, you know, we really don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I, I see what you're seeing, Derek, and then just like the, you know, the specifics of like what does Tom get out of this? Like, does like why does how does he suddenly end up dressing up in the suit and taking you know taking the fall for Adrian and like I don't know. I guess those details don't make sense, but I don't know how much they matter either. I think you yeah, just kind of yeah. kind of accept it. I mean, I guess in the end they don't really matter, but just like what you're saying, as a point of character, like, character like motivation. More, yeah, character no, you motivations. want the character motivations to make sense and to understand why people are doing what they're doing. You know, um, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. What I do like at the end is that she has that suit in that in that duffel bag. So, are we going to get like you know? Elizabeth Moss maybe joining the Birds of Prey or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> let's, let's get yeah. her, you know, doing some good with the, the suit. That'd be Is awesome this a, to see that. There's no dark universe or whatever now, right? Like they're not no. doing that anymore? Okay, good. No, that, 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 yeah, this was this was cool. This was a good standalone. I'm glad that's not part of anything else. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast that Lee Wanell was giving in about this movie and he says that when he was writing it and directing, he never thought about a universe. You know, he, he thought of this as a standalone movie, but hey, man, he and James Wan are not unfamiliar with monster universes. So, you know, <laughs> That's right. I, I could definitely see it. Maybe this is a start, you know, well, uh, maybe. well yeah. it, it, if it gives us more movies of this quality, I'm all for it. Um, yeah, I'm all for it. I'm, this, I'm just this, excited. This, this to was see good. What, this was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just excited to see what Lee Winnell does next. Yeah. Uh, He's a very exciting filmmaker. And this, um, this had a really powerful central metaphor. Um, and like, yeah. so yeah, like there's a lot of little plot things and sometimes the, I do think sometimes the pacing got a little weird and then the tone of the movie changes. It goes from being about abusing gaslighting to being a sci-fi thriller. And there's all these little things you could knock it for. But ultimately the central metaphor is so strong and so well executed that the whole thing just works. 
Yeah, yeah it looks like Gangbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, the performers are all good, right? Yeah, they're all good. They're all good. I have one final question. Since we're talking about Lee Wan El, since he was so crucial in the Saw universe, are you guys looking forward to that Spiral, spiral movie? I was going to ask you guys the same question because I keep seeing that preview in the theaters with uh, Chris Rock, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. I actually really loved the first Saw movie. And that really got me like hooked to watch the Latin the next couple. But then you know I fell. Yeah, off. people people shit on the first one, but the first the first one is really good. Really it's good. Not yeah. quite as gory really, as you would right. think. Yeah, it is. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm excited. Chris Rock, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. We'll see how uh, how it pans out. Um, yeah, I'm like I said, like about a bunch of things. I'm cautiously optimistic. So yes. We'll see. Yeah, I will. I will say All the right. same then. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay, so uh, that will conclude this week's episode. Jeff, where can people find you? You can find me uh, on my blog, strangeharbors.com. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at strangeharbors. Um, I also just posted my own review of this film, and you can find this episode of the podcast there and uh, the review on the website. What about you guys? Continue to follow me in all the places you've been following me up till now. <laughs> and uh, what about you, Derek? Uh, well, you can follow me at the wrong day. Day spelled D-A-Y-I-K. And that's for Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Uh, but if you like this show, um, one of the easiest ways that you guys can support us is by giving our podcast a great review on Apple Podcasts and also subscribing wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, but yeah, that's just one of the easiest ways to support us and easiest ways to hopefully help expand this podcast and get it out to more people. Yeah. And uh, we always like to see audience participation send us an email with comments suggestions questions um you can send us an email at info at strangeharbors.com all right we'll see you guys next week yeah i think that's it see you next week everybody see you guys